Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Halbkasten mit Tom Reimann an David Bell. Everyone, hi. <laughs> We're on episode of Hypecast. Hypecast. It's the show where we get hyped about stuff and things. I'm your co-host, Tom Ryman. I'm your other co-host, David. Co-host? Did I? What? It, you said it doesn't it. matter. I'm I'm David Bell. Yeah, that's my You're name. Both co-hosts. There's not a host and a co-host. You're equal co-hosts. We're equal. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Together we make a host. Together, yeah, we combine to form a single host. We're like a BFF locket. Yeah. And who's that? Oh yeah! Once Who's again, here? I have t- I have started talking without introducing myself. I am guest Jason Pargent. I am not on the same tier. I am distinctly below the co-hosts. Just so you are aware of the <laughs> the hierarchy. That's fair. I mean, I would I would like to think of it as like like we me and Tom. You know, like you know when you get the action figure and it like the pieces come together to make the big guy, and then you put like a gun in the hand. Like I think you're the that. You know what I mean? Yes, your little brother is going to swallow it a few weeks from now after you get it, or your cat. I'm going to ch- choke your little brother. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> oh man, Jason, thank you so much for being on. Uh, how are you doing? How are things? What do you got I'm going on? Doing fine. I have the normal things going on. If people don't follow me elsewhere, I'm Jason K. Pargin on TikTok primarily. That's not a joke for those of you who have not listened to recent episodes with me on it. I have 130,000 followers over there now. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. To but Yeah, on there for, and the book that comes out this fall is Zoe is too drunk for this dystopia. Another in the series of Zoe Ash sci-fi novels. That's coming in October and I will be promoting it for eight straight months mm. because that's how it works you sell like yeah. 12 books every time you go on somewhere but you accumulatively it builds up and we have actually <laughs> i've been on this this show before when we had some truly garbage trailers that is not the case today there's some I know. big time big budget summer and fall stuff on here this is actually a good exciting list of trailers not like not like those other times i was on we were just depressed the whole time. Like, 100%. And there was nothing coming out. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> just 90 minutes just of weeks. sad guys. 
there's just common off weeks too. Like um, Fast X is coming out this weekend, which explains why these trailers exist. Like uh, it reminds me when I work at a at a movie theater. That's how the cycle worked. Obviously, is when the big movie came out. So did the trailers. But then when we do a week where there's just like nothing coming out, it's it can be real bleak sometimes. Yeah. Uh, also, but yeah. significantly, we are right at the pivot where Hollywood has collectively decided just in the last few months that they are going back to theatrical only releases because there right. was definitely a period during the pandemic when there were many think pieces written saying, well, that's pretty much over. Now it's going to be normal for a movie to come out at home at the theater at the same time. And after maybe two years of that, Hollywood looked at the returns and said, oh, no, that's a disaster. People people yeah. are not going to leave their homes unless they have to. We must, yeah. we must force them to leave their homes to go see John Wick. And it was probably The Matrix 4, I would guess, that made them say, oh, this is death. We spent right, money because... on this movie, and people just stayed home and watched it on HBO at their leisure, and it did nothing at the box office. And that's, it's I think... It's wild. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, it's it's wild that they even considered that, where they're like, hey, you know how streaming killed rentals? What if we uh, killed theater theatrical releases, too? I mean, like, it seemed possible for a time, because that, that, yeah. that would only, that would just make, leave the studios as the producers and the distributors. But they, I think they, as Jason was saying, they looked at two years of returns and realized, you can't make a billion dollars on a movie by releasing it on streaming. Yeah. Also, people like the theater. I, every time I go see a movie, people are into it. You know, it's it's a weirdly a crowd activity uh, for That's, a lot of people. I don't understand why we keep forgetting this. Film has been around for a hundred years, and for people who don't realize, when television came along, many people predicted that was the end of the theater. When VHS home video came along, many people predicted that was the end of the theater. When big screen HD TVs and home theater technology came along, they could give you just as good of a fidelity, everything else, DVDs. People predicted this is the end of the theater, and they keep being wrong because there is a ritual to it. The yeah. public sitting in a crowd with your popcorn, watching the trailers with the lights, it is a feeling about it that cannot be replaced. It's the same reason why fancy restaurants will always have waiters and waitresses and will never have like a kiosk or a robot. Having a person come to your table is part of the thing. It is a ritual. It's a public I'm thing. I'm going to remember that when they start have when Olive Garden starts putting bow ties on robots and have them bring <laughs> <laughs> you breast. Like, but I but I yeah, I see I totally agree with what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, I would not go to a robotic Olive Garden, but yeah. it would be a it would be a niche thing. I it what yeah, I completely agree. It really comes down to despite what the internet might make you think, people like other people in general, right? Like that's just yeah, I th- what it is. I have like a more cynical version of it. And I think we probably talked about this in the, I don't know, a thousand different episodes of this we did with Jason when we were talking about the state of the of movies in the pandemic. But yeah. um, there, we all grew up conditioned that like a movie goes to the theaters when it's good. It goes straight to video when it's crap. So. Right. 
there's putting movies directly on streaming i think is is brushing right up against that thing that's been ingrained in us since we've been old enough to be aware of entertainment media so i think there was an element a big element of creating each release seemed less important and less significant so there's less of an urgency it creates less of a feeling of urgency for people to watch it so i suspect like Even by like dumping the Matrix Four directly on streaming, there are probably some people who may have gone to see it in the theater if it came out, you know. But because it was on streaming, it felt less crucial, and you just well, I'll put it on my list and I'll get to it when I get to it, and then they just never watched it. I bet that happened a lot. Oh, for um, sure. Also, <clears throat> I think movies are better in crowds. The, like I saw the new Scream, which we talked about, wasn't that great in the theater with teenagers like hollering and stuff. It just felt like a better movie. It can keep you like, from getting inside your own head, which for me, yeah. for sure, affects my enjoyment of a movie if I'm like thinking too hard about it or I don't know. But you're right. It, yeah. There's something to going out in a crowd of people and seeing a movie. It's fun. We watched The yeah. Matrix 4 with it on in the background while I was working on my computer <laughs> and editing a document. Okay, Th- that's the difference. But yeah. also, <laughs> just we've talked about this before. I'm not to rehash the conversation, but when you would go to, you know, Disney, Disney Plus or to Amazon Prime, and it's just got a row of icons and it's like, okay, here's the new whatever movie, the, the, here's The Matrix 4, whatever right next to a direct-to-VOD Bruce Willis movie, right next to another movie from 23 years ago that they, for some reason, have put in their new releases because it came to streaming for the first time. You know, so it's like, it's just all in a stream of stuff. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't feel special. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have that, the feeling of uh yeah it's it's almost i would call it a religious experience but there are many things we do in groups you know you watch people at a concert it's the same thing you watch people going to church just being in a group of people all experiencing the same thing it there's no substitution for it yeah you hit it you hit it earlier it's the the ritual of it yeah for sure yeah heartbreak feels good in a place place like like this yeah i'm i'm seeing this is a good time to mention i'm seeing fast x this weekend in 4dx regals 4dx they're gonna spray like years old water in my face they're gonna spray moldy water in your face and punch you in the ribs with a seat piston i'm excited (laughs) hell yeah (laughs) the way movies are meant to be exactly we saw the equalizer like that it's the most baffling experience in my life yeah um should we name some producers (laughs) (laughs) yeah i guess so uh yeah i guess we should start the show um with some producers big thank you to the lubed up ghost of dave thomas sure it's a pleasure (laughs) (laughs) thank you to at nerd numbers thank you thank you to zero charisma thank you thank you to aaron burser thank you so much thank you to aj Thank thank you to andrew howe deck the halls with blood thank you Thank you to Asking Seven. Thank you so much. Thank you to Barry Two Math wants you to go to the gym and drink water. Oh, and Scott's life. Love y'all. Pick it up. Pick it up. Thank you. Thank you to Bob Grenville. Thank you. All right. Let me jump in here. Thank you to Bootler Bootlison. Thank, Thank you to you. Brian Who Tom Knows. Thank, Thank you to you. Brockway Loves the Meat Millie. Thank, Thank you. you to Chester's Prophet. Thank, Thank you. you to Christopher Robert Sparts Esquire. Thank you. Thank you to Dan Hackroyd. Thanks. Thank you to Davey, the ghost of East Las Vegas, Francis. Thank you. And thank you to David Knife Boot Henson. Knife Boot. Knife. Thank you. Inside within the boot. Okay. Yep. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. 
Big title. There's a part of this trailer where Tom Cruise looks at the camera and he says, "What does he say?" He says, uh, "My he says something like my life is not is is nothing compared to how important your life is or something." And it felt like he was talking directly to us because like the very <laughs> next thing that happens is he rides a motorcycle off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. He's like, "I'm getting out of here." <laughs> I will die making these movies for you, he seemed to say. Yeah, pretty much. This movie looks awesome. Oh, it looks awesome. It is hard to overstate how smart of a business person Tom Cruise is. He's a yes. very, this, very good producer, yeah. In this era, when he somehow knows the number one complaint about films, about how they look, about how special effects look these days... Everything about the economics of these films that somehow you're getting effects that are measurably worse than they were 15 years ago. Like they look worse because they're doing the way they do them and the way that they're the the deadlines and the number of effects shots they wanted, you know, every shot to have CG in it to openly promote not just doing the stunts practically and, and putting his own life at risk, but making that the center of the promotion on social media. And doing these little clips while they're filming and these little stunt things and these little funny bits where he's in a biplane and riding on the wing and it's like Mission Impossible coming next year. That is so smart because he knows there is nobody else out there doing it that way. And then the trailer, I it is absolutely cut and shot and edited around hey, this actor almost died to make this movie. The least you can do is buy a ticket. Yeah. Fifteen dollars. Can right. you spare it? <laughs> you're not asking for much. You're right. It's he's in a such a unique position. Like I don't think there's been anybody else like that. Apart from Jackie Chan. That's the only other person I can think of. Right. That's like sort of he, this is their brand. It's like I'm gonna do this crazy ass shit. Was Jackie Chan still doing it at age? Is, is Tom Cruise 60? How old is he now? He's got to be pushing, if not already 60. Uh, I'll look it up. I mean, he's got that sweet, like, Scientology rejuvenation. Mm -hmm. But he, yeah, he's got to be. Alien He blood. really is. I think I've said it before he about is 60. him as a producer. He is 60. Like, he, he literally, when that Oprah interview happened... That's why Jeremy Renner was brought into the Mission Impossibles. And that was in part Tom Cruise's decision. So like, I always found that impressive that Tom Cruise as a producer was like, Tom Cruise, the actor, is not doing so great. So as a producer, I'm going to bring in this new guy to potentially replace me, Tom Cruise, the actor. And so, yeah, he has like, he really has a business brain with this stuff. And he's always thinking about that and it is it is pretty impressive to watch which of course there there's also mccory is a directing the shit out of these uh yeah so that's a big part of this as well uh these are just i yeah i'm a big fan of these series um me too and it's just i know we've talked about it before but what jason's written in the notes i i love all of these movies i don't retain a single piece of information from any of them right like, I don't know the name of his love interest. I don't know the name of Simon Pegg's character or any of the right. other. Like, I know he's Ethan Hunt. I, I don't know the names of any of these other people. Like, uh, yeah, I will watch this. Every scene will look great. Every stunt will look great. There will not be a single bad edit in this film. I will be delighted the whole time I'm watching it. I could not tell you what happened in the last movie or, nope. or who his nemesis is or who the evil organization is. 
this trailer seems to have some hints of like the later James Bond movies where it's like your past sins are coming back to haunt you. Like they're going to go back and reach back in the series and grab some of those characters. And boy, I hope they are not assuming that I remembered any of that stuff because I did not. Well, if they go back to the first one, the villain is John Voight. Mm-hmm. So oh, that could, would be. He's, he came down with a, a, a pretty intense case of uh, smushed by helicopter in that movie. So yeah, I don't think we'll would, see him I want, again. I don't know. I want them to do like a, like a robot like, right. or like a just, computer with just, his voice just or something. Fast and furious it and bring him back. Who gives a shit? Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah. On that subject, the, the, my note is just remembering that these started as like, like I, I love them all. Uh, but they started as like quaint, like a De Palma spy film. It was still action for sure. And of course, it's based off the show. But at this point, there's so many different villains and disasters that this is just a world in chaos. And I can't help but to think that it, it's a world where the government is actually worse than ours because all this stuff keeps happening, right? Like the, whatever their tactics are here, they're not working. They're absolutely not working. Like I, this one looks like there's going to be some sort of like gas, which I'm pretty sure that's that's not the first time someone tried to get like isn't right, it possible too? There's a gas. I think um, so. I mean, who can say? But it is. It's just like get your world under control. You're right. Like it a, is kind like of funny AI, that like AI fakery subplot. It seems like something like that. Yeah. Oh, maybe. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I do. Like, I. Oh, go ahead. Oh, they hinted at like like now no one will know the truth from lies or something like that. And then it right. had some ominous shots of large computers doing things. So it would be really funny if it was about like deep, deep fakes, fakes in a world yeah. where they can wear masks. Right. Everybody. Where they have deep fake masks in the mission yeah. Impossible universe. So yeah, that's already been a problem. I would argue it in is this universe. You're right. It is kind of funny that like IMF is like, a, a zookeeper that doesn't lock any of the cages and they're like ah really shit the gorillas are out like it's like just running back and forth each movie with a new cataclysmic event they have to prevent yeah like, i don't this think you guys horrifying. are very good at your job just the aforementioned masks can you imagine a world where anybody you're talking to might not be them and you have to like like i would be so paranoid all the time i would be pulling on everybody's face a little bit just checking mm-hmm it's just a terrifying just world. Let me let me let me in. let me tug on your ear a little bit just to make sure. Yeah, yeah, because they yeah those masks are like a dime a dozen. Everybody has the masks by like the last couple ones. They're just throwing those things on. They're like whipping them up in a suitcase in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like. It's only a matter of time before everybody gets a mask. First time <laughs> you had like a long conversation or work day with somebody and then they ripped their face off and revealed themselves to be <laughs> someone else entirely. You would never be normal again after that. Right. No. Like you would never recover fully from that experience. That would be you would have nightmares about it. Yeah, yeah. that would. Yeah. yeah, that would be like seeing teeth at the edge of the universe. Like you would just be like, I <laughs> nothing I thought I understood is real. So, right. <laughs> So I guess I'm going to go live in a cabin now. Yeah, I guess I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, this looks great. It really, it really <laughs> does. A fucking train flies off a cliff, man. Yeah, it's mm. going to be fantastic. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So this sat on the shelf for how long? A few years, at least right? A ye- at least a year. Uh, maybe He did more. it like Top Gun, right? And it seems like he was very correct to wait. 
I, well, I think they, they were filming sh- this during the pandemic, down. weren't they? Yeah, they had to shut down production multiple times because right. there was a viral rant where he was screaming because a, a crew member had gotten lax with their mask. And he was trying to explain that, you know, if this gets shut down, like this screws the entire industry. Because, again, Tom Cruise understanding the business better than probably anyone on Earth. Right. Um, and berating the crew. And it, it, he was being very abusive about it. But it's like he was trying to say, this is not just about this production. This is the entire industry. And we can't, you can't get insurers to insure a film set. If we have an outbreak on this set, we're screwed until God knows when, you know, the, the pandemic goes away. So I remember then I thought that was early in the pandemic. I thought that this had been in the works for like four years or something, you know, cause if it's not yeah. coming out until this fall, what's our release date on this? It's, I think it's... I thought I, it was summer, but maybe it is Yeah, fall. I feel like it was summer, but I... I pull it up was now. it that sure. soon? I thought, okay, I thought it was, uh, it was a uh, winter release, but I, I, okay. It might be July 12th. It comes out July. Oh, gosh, Woo! right around the corner. All right. Yeah. yeah, no, I think you're right, though. I feel like that was like 2020 when that happened. So I, I feel like yeah. it, it was either 2020 or 2021. So yeah, this has been in the works for a minute. It all makes sense because Tom Cruise, he very much, at least recently, you know, he's not making Jerry Maguire. He's not making Magnolia. He's making movies that are meant to be seen in theaters. Like, yep. he knows that. These are these are big stunt movies. I Like, that's the whole point. And so, like, it makes sense why he's just like, no, we're going to wait until everybody can go see it. Mm-hmm. Uh that just it I mean it, it became that... a jo- I mean it became a joke with us on this podcast how many times they kept pushing back Top Gun and then of course right. Top Gun came out and was a huge success one of the biggest movies of the year and it was like nominated for awards and shit so I guess yes. I guess he was right while the studio executives were saying no nah, just put it on streaming put it on streaming that's the future Tom Cruise said no you won't make your money that way hold it until everyone can go to a theater dead right. He was yeah. dead right. It made five times what it would have made. I mean, it was, it brought back theatrical. I know that we are, we're singing a lot of praises of Tom Cruise. We are very much aware of the Scientology stuff. Oh, when yeah. I, when I say that he is a keen businessman, please understand as an artist, that is not 100% a compliment. Like, right. <laughs> it, it, it would actually be better if he was doing some smaller movies in between, but he has decided, no, I am in the Mission Impossible, Jack Reacher, like I'm in Top Top Gun. I'm in the big franchise movie star, multi-billion dollar franchise business. That's how I'm going to spend the rest of my life. That's the decision he made. That's neither good or bad. I'm just saying there factually is. He understood the business better than any of these studio heads. Like he went against the grain and he was, he was right. Like the entire industry pivoted based on him being right. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. I'm just uh, trying to think of the other pandemic movie we got, which was Jurassic world. Yeah. Three. Did they put that I mean, in theaters? They sure did. Dave. <laughs> but it was, hey, it was, it was, it was, the, it was filming at the same time as mission impossible. Oh, okay. Very early in the pandemic. Tenet came out. Oh yeah, (laughs) Tom Cruise went to see it in theaters. Tom Cruise, yeah, and was uh, he posted that video? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
And he's like, right. I remember at one point he's like, hey, people recognize me with a mask on. It's like, yes, you're one of the most famous people on the planet. Yeah, of course. Yeah. They recognize I wish him. Him. I wish it ended sure. with him going, I don't know what the fuck that movie was about. <laughs> he just hated it. Yeah. It's like, wow. He's sitting there at the, the end fuck? of it. He's like, man, I kind of feel like it was too long. Yeah. <laughs> this is really a testimony on how movies need to make sense. Yeah. As I've always said. Uh, but, you know, not how I would have done it. But yeah. uh, that's why none of you are Tom Cruise, and I am. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, good, good try, good try. What a ride! <laughs> All right, next trailer. Oh man, yeah. Haunted Mansion. It's just Haunted Mansion, not the Haunted Mansion. Not the Mansion. Haunted Mansion. Have... Apparently, it's just Haunted so, Mansion. The Haunted Mansion is the Eddie Murphy one, I assume. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the new uh, attempt at a Haunted Mansion movie. Um, which I do get only in that. I don't know if you guys know much about the ride. The ride has a weird amount of lore. It has a lot of lore. Yeah. Yeah. More than like the pirates of the Caribbean. And that of course spawned a huge franchise. Like I think what happened is pirates of the Caribbean happened. Right. And I think we just liked pirates movies, but the lesson Disney learned is like, Oh, we can adapt our rides. Well, and they've been trying to get that high ever since. If you remember both the haunted mansion and pirates of the Caribbean came out the same year. It was both 2003. So it was part of a a different, they were, they were both part of the same idea, but I think the idea was, let's see if we can make our rides into movies, like our classic rides. Right. And I think the answer is still, no, you can't. People just like a good pirate movie. Like that, that was all like, it was a stunt adventure film pirates, you know, like it was just a fun, everybody liked it. But it was adapting. Like it's, I don't know if you remember how how much of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride you remember, but it really does kind of adapt every oh, every scene of the ride and, and corporate. So it's like, for sure. Maybe, I'm like, saying that that's, uh, yeah, I'm saying that's not why it succeeded. Right. Like every other, like uh, how many other uh, mission to Mars uh, is another one where it's like, oof, maybe you shouldn't have tried that one. Like I heard they were going to try to make a space mountain movie for a while, but like, yeah, <laughs> what would that I, have I been? There's just no lore for space mountain. Right. I mean, they could make, I, I hear they're making a Tower of Terror movie. Sure. And it's like, that could be good. These can be good. There was already um, a made. I just don't think they can automatically. Dave, there was yeah. already a made for TV Tower of Terror movie that came out to launch the ride. It starred Steve Gutenberg. Ooh. So this is a remake of that right. movie. <laughs> I, I feel like there's some revisionist history going on. When Pirates of the Caribbean was on its way, I cannot overstate how much people thought that was oh, the worst yeah. idea for Oh, yeah. thought it was going to bomb. Because pirate movies always bond, and then it's like it's based on the Disney ride that has no story or lore. Like, whose idea is this? It became a monster hit, yeah, because of Johnny Depp yeah. put on a performance, oh, for sure. and everybody loved Captain Jack Sparrow, and that is the element that is hard to capture. And that is the magic that he, whatever, whatever kind of a weirdo he is in his personal life. And it ranges from either weirdo to monster, depending on which right. which accounts you believe. But there is no question that his portrayal of Jack Sparrow, like that was the spark that made that something beyond just, oh, we've thrown $200 million at a Disney ride adventure mm-hmm. movie. Right. Uh, because other such projects failed, failed badly. Now here, yeah. this movie, this trailer is a perfect example of what we were talking about earlier. Because I, if you told me this is a theatrical exclusive, I would say, okay, if you said, no, this is a crappy direct-to-Disney-plus thing they pooped out for 20 million bucks, I would believe that too. 
to me, this looks very cheap and very made for Disney plus for kids to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think they're definitely, I think they're unclear on their audience a little bit. I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it should be for kids, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, but the, it the, does feel like it's it's trying to appeal because the Haunted Mansion has been around for a very long time, and there are a lot of adult Disney nerds, you know. Of course, yeah, uh, no, I love the Haunted Mansion. Like it's oh, my it's, it's my, my favorite, my favorite ride. Things. Yeah, it, I am. I've said this before. I consider that ride an actual work of art that needs to be preserved. Like it's just such a beautiful. It ride. really is. It's really cool. Um, yeah. And I'm, I don't know, like, I feel like the, the ride itself kind of has a tonal weirdness to it too, where it's, it's kind of childish and playful in some spots, but in other spots, it's like, oh, this is actually kind of a little sinister. It's more gothic than these movies are making him. These movies are a little more cartoony, I would argue, than the actual Haunted Mansion ride. Yeah. Um, not by much. Um, yeah, I just don't know, like, horror for kids is very hit or miss and uh, like, I you know I think in their mind they're like this can be a franchise and it's like that like it this trailer feels like they're trying to extend it to make it more adventure you know uh, because I I think for them it's like everything has to be you know huge yeah uh, they want to make a bunch yeah everything needs to be an action adventure movie um, right. I, I will say I do like the cast this is Danny DeVito Rosario Dawson Lakeith Stanfield um, yep. I think there was somebody else I yep. saw in there that I liked but I like the cast. Yeah, no creeps in this one. Also, it has Jared Leto. <laughs> oh, it does? Incidentally. Yeah. He's in this. He's also in their new Tron. So what's happening there? <laughs> Why is Disney like Jared Leto? That's our guy. They're really um, they're really just waiting for, for something to come out, I guess. They're like, nope, yeah. nope, we're sticking by Jared. Who does, he, does he play the little ghoul man in this? Who does he play? He plays the hat box ghost. So yeah, little ghoul man. Little ghoul man, that makes sense. Remind me, what's... Jared Leto's big hit and star making role that makes Hollywood love him. What's what's his? I got nothing. Oh, Requiem for a Dream. He's he has been in a lot of big movies, but like he's not like headlined anything that was a huge hit. I think it's just. Yeah, I'm going through and yeah, I'm just like he was in my so-called life. Uh, He's he also got a he also has an Oscar, does he not for um. Dallas Buyers Club. I don't know. I don't know. They saw him in Panic Room, and they're like, "That's the future of acting." That You're just guy. going yeah. through his IMDb and trying to find the thing that. I really am. Um, wait, which one did you say, Tom? Dallas Buyers Is Club. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be it. Yeah, I think he's he's not a terrible actor, but no, I think he's it actually does seem like he's here good most times, but also he's like a weird cult leader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's it's the thing where it's like this it does it outweighs it you know where it's like he's a good actor there are other good actors yes yeah you know? he's not so uh, good that yeah I don't know this weird yeah he's not he's very I would say replaceable um, sure did you mention Lakeith Stanfield in I did this? I did yeah yeah that that makes me that makes me excited I yeah I. As I put it in the notes, I don't know. I I liked the Eddie Murphy one for what it was. Uh, I don't have high. I don't have like high standards for this. I like. I don't think this is a story that they're gonna nail. So I'm just like, sure, you know, looks fine. Yeah, it's the. Hmm. I don't know, like, because the Eddie Murphy one also tried to kind of make an action adventure movie out of it, and I I remember that one being a little, like, there was a little bit of like some of the zombies were kind of hardcore, but like. 
Overall, yeah. I remember that one being pretty boring. Um, Again, it's it's a hard adaptation. It's we- like- it shouldn't be though, because there, like you said, there is so much. There's a weird amount of Lord of the Ride. There's all of these iconic yeah. scenes from the ride itself that you that could easily be put into a movie like this. I don't know. It's just. They just have to lean into the traumatizing of children. You know, they have to yeah. do the land before time it where uh, they just have to be like, fuck it. Let's make this horrifying. Let's w- make this gremlins. Because the the, the lore is that, um, I believe, a bride hangs herself yep. because the groom dies. So it's a grisly story, you know. Um, so it's it's tough, I'd say, to make it too child friendly, you know. I don't know. It also doesn't have a built-in narrative, really. It has a lot of backstory, but it doesn't have, like, Pirates is a narrative that you go through, so that was maybe a little bit easier for them to adapt. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, any other thoughts on this? No. Then, the, the Broadly, not to send us off on a tangent, but I've always, <laughs> like, I'm fascinated by the haunted house genre, which obviously goes back forever. Um, yeah. For as long as we've had big houses, for some reason, the human mind just assumes that if a house is big enough, it's got to have ghosts in it as if there's like yeah. a, a minimum square footage. So my the first novel I wrote that for people who have not heard of me prior to today that made my career was the horror novel John Dies at the End. And the first idea I had for it was like, what if people had trailers that were haunted because these guys live in like a crappy small town and there's like trailer parks. It's like, so there's a key moment where they have to visit a trailer that is haunted because like, well, yeah, but why not? Like that's a living space. Yeah. Why, why yeah. couldn't you have monsters or, or, or some entities setting up in, you know, somebody's tiny house? Why does it have to? Man, it's a like, haunted I tiny house would be really funny. <laughs> I always, I always wanted to do a story about a haunted airport where the ghost keeps just looking for that window where there's only like one person around that they can scare because they'd just be always crowded all the time, and it's like, well, that's no fun. And then it's like really bright. It's just not good haunting situation. Um, so yeah, that reminds me. I mean, he's a terrible person, but the, Chris Hardwick made a joke one time where he said, "How come there's no new ghosts?" Like every, oh, every, yeah. every ghost is like 150 years old. Yeah, exactly. Like how come there's no ghosts from like 1998? All right. We, we're really weird about what yeah. like ghost stories. <laughs> yeah. But I get it. Yeah. Because it's all, I think haunted houses, mansions are alien to us, right? Because most of us don't live in them. Right. Uh, and being from a, from a different time also helps it be yeah. alien. So I think that's why there's no new ghosts. Cause it's like, it'd be hard to be scared of a, of a dude in like a bouncing souls t-shirt. I mean, depends on the context. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, generally speaking, I don't know. Now, now I kind of want that. Ska ghosts, Dave, is what I'm talking but, about. Yeah. There should, more things need to be haunted mm-hmm. and we need a bigger variety. Of ghosts, we do. We sure. do for sure. Um, um yeah let's 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 go to the next trailer all right this is uh killers of the flower moon directed by a one martin scorsese it's uh it's got he's got all the all of them in it the leo well, two of them he's got, he's got leo and de niro robert de niro he's got his two his two guys well this um, is based on a book which is based on a true story 
Right. The true oh. story that I went and looked up on Wikipedia is nuts. Yeah. And I cannot believe I had never heard of this before. Same. So I guess you would be spoiling the movie for yourself if you went and did that. But I can tell you, if you're worried that this is a boring movie about Leo DiCaprio being sad for three hours in a house, which this uh, trailer kind of, you know, there's like, well, it isn't evil old oil man who wants to land and he's harassing the people. I'm telling you, the story is bonkers what actually happened. So I, yeah, like, like gruesome uh, on a level that right. is uh, old school. It's Scorsese a, it's a stuff. number of murders, right? Uh, trying to, it's, it's all about fighting over oil that's in uh, native American land, right? Is that, Am yeah. I remembering it correctly? And apparently FBI The FBI involved. gets involved because it's treated like a serial killing, I believe. Yeah. This is also from the writer, or one of the writers is also the writer of um, Munich, The Good Shepherd, um, Forrest Gump. Uh, like, uh, there's, there was like one other that caught my eye, Benjamin Button, Dune, the newest Dune. So, like, this is like, you know, a pro screenwriter like i i just think this is gonna be very 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 good yeah um it's, it is uh, almost four hours Oscars. long yeah hmm? and it'll it'll get all the awards yeah it'll certainly be I, nominated I can, for them uh, i can I tell you is, right now <laughs> i think this is the first um this is the first scorsese movie that's been in a theater in a long time right yeah probably i'm trying to remember uh, what the last one even was didn't he do the the um Ah, jeez. Wolf of Wall Street. What came after no, that? No, uh, no, silence? The, I, the Irishman? Irishman. Irishman was Netflix. Did I think, that not play in theaters at all? I think they briefly did it for like two weeks, maybe, for some like award so season qualification. the awards. Ah, yeah. That's right. I think the last one might have been Silence, which wasn't that long maybe. ago, but seems like it was. Anyway. <laughs> God, sorry, I'm looking about the Irishman? I, I, um, I enjoyed it. I thought the de-aging stuff was ridiculous because as good as you can make a, a, a performer's face look with that technology, you can't disguise the fact that he still walks like an 80 year old man. Yeah. So like the scene where he's like stomping a guy on the curb was particularly absurd because Robert De Niro can barely lift his leg up that high because he's old. Right. But he's supposed to be like 38. On that scene. Yeah. <laughs> but I actually liked it. I thought it was, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I liked it. All right. My my feeling, I'm just scrolling through as IMDb, and I'm like, wow, Martin Scorsese is like a good director, which is a very silly thing to think. <laughs> um, but I, I'm just, I'm realizing like he is almost all hits for me. Like, uh, I, I don't think about that enough where it's like, I generally like his films. Yeah. Um, very briefly. What about you? I have an odd, odd question. When you watch The okay. Irishman, and of course it is for those who've not seen it, it is about a an old uh, ex-mafia guy talking about his life in the mob. And then it, it's all of these famous, like he was a, a personal assistant to like Jimmy Hoffa and that he was in on Jimmy Hoffa's murder. And he was part of all of these famous unsolved mob hits. He said he had done. Did you guys think that this was like a biographical movie about an actual guy? Or did you think it was fiction? I knew it was about, a real guy, but that a lot of his claims were contested. Yes. It's about a real guy. See, I find this fascinating and I didn't feel like the film really conveyed it. 
It's about a mafia guy who at the end of his life confessed to a bunch of stuff that the feds know he didn't. They know he didn't do any of it. <laughs> he was a very minor. He was like a driver, a delivery guy that they, they think did some work for the mob. But all of the stuff about him being like Jimmy Hoffa's personal confidant, being in on that killing and, and all of this stuff and all because he names all of these famous like unsolved mob hits. And it was like, it, well, that was me. And I did this. No, he was just BSing. He was making himself sound like a big shot. So like the feds laughed at it because it's like, that's what these guys do. Any guy that spent five minutes with a mobster is like, oh, yeah, you know, those are those are my mob hitman days. Because, you, you know, you go to jail, whatever, you can talk yourself up. And this guy was like right. on his deathbed when he relayed this to a journalist and they wrote it into a book. But then the film kind of, it kind of plays it like, like the film doesn't play it like, well, did this happen? Did it not? Is this just the ramblings of an old man? Is he trying to claim some sort of a, a meaningful life for himself that he didn't really live? You know, he's just like a low level goon or whatever. Um, and instead just kind of like plays it straight. Like, look at this remarkable life of an old it mobster. It would have been really tough to end that like three hour film with an FBI guy going, anyway, it's all bullshit. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Well, fuck me then, I guess. <laughs> like that, But yeah, that would have been interesting. I feel like, I mean, uh, so Goodfellas and um, Casino, which we covered recently, aren't those like loosely based on true stories, but not exactly based well, on yeah, true a stories? Yeah, a think, lot of details were changed, but yes. Henry Hill is kind of the same thing, because Goodfellas, like Henry Hill, you know, Ray Liotta's character, real guy, like he worked with him on the film, right? Like just based on his book, and wasn't he like an advisor on the set? But it's the same thing. Like, these guys talk themselves up. Oh, for sure. You know, and so it's, I don't know. And again, Martin Scorsese, this is not a a work of journalism. It's not his job. He's making, you know, a piece of entertainment. It's just that it really blurs a line Yeah. uh, when it's like, I'm going to give you a look at the inside of what what really goes on. Because, again, the Wolf, uh, Wolf of Wall Street guy, the exact same thing. Like his, all that stuff's like, oh yeah, I was, I was literally snorting cocaine out of the anuses of the most beautiful women in the world. It's like, okay, but is it possible you're also lying about that? Right. <laughs> is it possible a, you're a liar? Isn't that what happened with um, Catch Me If You Can? Oh, Am yeah, I that, wrong about yeah, that? No, that yeah. Frank Gavin Where he's like, up where all he's of like that here's stuff. a story about how I'm a liar. And it's yep. like, I don't know, maybe that story is a lie. <laughs> Based yeah. on what you're saying. Because all things like, yeah, I, I just put on, I was 15 years old and I put on an airliner uniform and they let me fly planes. It's like, no, they didn't. No, it's a fun Spielberg movie, but it's like yeah. in real life, he absolutely did not do any of that stuff. I'm wondering how many listeners are just now finding out that Frank Abagnale, like his con was convincing people that he was a genius con man. When in reality, yeah, yeah, yeah his, his actual con was check fraud. Con- yeah, just the boring, the boring crap that any idiot yeah. can do. The but only thing, the because... only thing he did was draw a paycheck from an airline. I believe he never right. actually went on a plane and pretended to be a pilot because they would figure that out real fast. Yeah, it's and because everybody'd be dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's really funny is that there's so many movies about grifters that are extensions of their grifts, such yes. as The Conjuring's are the same with the Warrens. Or honestly, he's not a grifter, but almost everything you hear about Houdini. Like a lot of what Houdini did was literally just pay people to say he did things. Uh, And so like, that's kind of it. Uh, And it goes a long way. It seems it's just really interesting how we've just kind of embraced a lot of that because we're like, well, 
they told a good story. Yeah. And guess what? Every serial killer who's ever talked to the press or written an autobiography, they have inflated their body count between 10 and 100 times over. Right. Anybody that claims that they've killed like 300 prostitutes over the course of 10 years, that is always a lie. It's always the case. You go to Wikipedia, it's like the feds can confirm like three victims, maybe four others he claimed, but they couldn't confirm. But then the guy claims that he killed just dozens and dozens of people. They right. always do that. They inflate like how bad they were. And then there are descriptions of like the ritualistic torture and stuff. Lots of times, even that's not true because again, they're trying to sell a book. <laughs> they're right. trying to get a book deal. It's like, oh yeah, I cut off the head that I had sex with the head. I'm crazy. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, you're, once you're caught, you're like, okay, I better just go for the gold here. What difference yeah, well, does I it think, make? Yeah. I think other times they like Ted Bundy when it was. Oh, other yeah, times you are, do it. Are, so I'm like, well, maybe I can get a stay of execution. There's more bodies. I can show you where they're yeah. buried. You know. For sure. Yeah. Anyway, back to um, this trailer. <laughs> this, this trailer. I just want to shout out Jesse Plemons is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Always a delight. I love that he's just all in every good movie. He's just, he's just there. Yeah, he's this, just there with us. I, I actually, I really liked this trailer. Um, and I've been yeah, pretty, very good trailer. Yeah, I've been pretty stoked for this movie since it first got announced, and it feels like this one has taken forever to come out too. But it's finally coming out in yeah. October. Ooh, yeah. Like I think it's, yeah. I think it started showing at festivals last December, if I'm not mistaken. So it's like, man, really making us that's wait awesome. for this movie. <laughs> My. W- my one last note, though, okay, four-hour movie, that's fine. I love David Lean. I'm a big fan of, like, you know, 2001, A Space Odyssey. But what those films had was a little thing called intermissions, and I don't see why we can't have those again. Like, that was the point of them, right? Was the movies were like, listen, we know we're long. Here's a breather. Uh, You're going to yeah. use the bathroom. Some of us yeah, have just small about- bladders. Right, and they used to do that. They knew that at a certain point. I don't know why we're not doing that anymore. Um, should we move on? Yeah, yeah. Okay. The next one is the, uh, or sorry, not the, just Prisoner's Daughter, um, <laughs> starring Since, a hardened Brian yeah. Cox. Brian Cox gets out of jail to come live with his estranged daughter, Kate Beckinsale, and he uses his prison violence to fix her and her family's life. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mary Poppins. Yeah, trailer but... <laughs> looks terrible. Like the trailer line is... hey, now. has that like Lifetime Channel movie delivery where like every line is like a greeting card slogan or or something, and it's delivered in like the most over the top. Who I don't know. I mean, hey, now it's from the director of Twilight and Mafia Mama. So how bad could it be? You know? Yeah. Those were those were excellent. <laughs> I think they directed some episodes of This Is Us, which I think is the uh, TV version of that, where it's like every moment is a tearjerker. Like we're supposed to be crying at every at everything that happens. It's it's really off putting to me. But again, is this a theatrical release? Is this something that was intended to be dumped directly to Tubi? Yeah, or this, whatever. This I feels no like idea. a Tubi. I I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I for me, it's just it's Brian Cox. That's the only reason I w- I would want to see this because yeah, otherwise it looks pretty generic. Well, I'm tired um, of this story. We have this. We have so many versions of this movie. 
Um, but yeah. yeah, I do want to see Brian Cox beat people to death with his bare fists. The thing about Brian Cox is he can't stop acting. He's been in over 200 films, 233, <laughs> according to his IMDb. He can't stop. And Succession just ended, so he is exploding back into films. He has 10 upcoming projects. He just, he can't stop, yeah. you know? There's, can't help there's no. Yeah, exactly. He, so He played Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. The first sure time, did. the first one, yeah. 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 Everything from Hannibal Lecter to being in Super Troopers. He's just, you know, he's great. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I do. I think it's very, like, there's just something funny about it. Like, Brian Cox, after having watched Succession, he's a terrifying man, or at least can be. So I could see this working out for that reason. I mean, he usually plays, like, intimidating roles or heavies, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But, yeah. Um, any other thoughts on Prisoner's Daughter? No, it looks real dumb. But <laughs> anybody has uh, listening has not watched Succession on HBO, or you thought it was just like a movie about business or a series about like business people arguing with each other? Uh, give it a shot. It is. Yeah. It, it is a dark comedy, and most people don't get that. It it is a some of the most deadpan dark comedy you will ever see with some amazing performances and it looks beautiful, but it, it above all else, it is like a satire that For is sure. played incredibly straight. Most of the time, there's nothing on TV like it. I can't uh, compare it to another show because there's not another show that has this exact tone. It's, it's like a more serious version of veep. The Joey really Joey Louis Dreyfus show from a few years ago, right. where she was playing the vice president um, that it's not that goofy and not that over the top. It's more of a slow burn, but yeah, go, go watch yeah. it if you like Brian It's Cox a little or... close to, yeah, it's a little close to home. Like I'll, there's episodes that I will literally get mad um, because they feel, you know, it feels like real things happening, but it definitely is this idea again, without spoiling anything that it's just these people who are driven almost by just the like greed, like they always want more. And there's always these moments where you're like, all you have to do is stop. All you have to do is just stop and go enjoy your money. Uh, and they can't stop. No one can stop. And yeah, you're right where it's laugh at times. It's laugh out loud. I would say, um, yeah, I've been enjoying the shit out of it. Um, should we move on to... Uh, yes. Yes, we God should. God is a bullet. God is uh, a bullet. Terrible name. Uh, Dave, I'm... it's the greatest name. Okay. Okay. Fine. You guys need to explain <laughs> this to me because this looks to me like bottom, bottom of the barrel direct oh. <laughs> video on demand stuff. And that actor, the lead actor is Jamie Lannister. How do you pronounce the actor's name? Uh, Nikolai Coster... Well, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know. Waldo, okay. I this think is, is his um, name. Why isn't he more famous? Because this looks to me like, why is he forced to take stuff like this? But then you're saying, Dave, that this is from Nick Cassavetes. Who, who is that and why would that? He is actually known. I guess he, I think he acts more, right? He was in Face Off. Um, he, uh, but he has directed some films that I would say are are pretty good he directed alpha dog he directed the notebook uh he directed john q movies that kind of are under the radar but people consider good movies um so that's why i'm like well there's there's a 
some level of quality. That isn't to say that I'll like this movie or that this movie is amazing. And I agree with you guys, like where the 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 trailer is a little like. Mm. Um, it's just only to say that he has like films under his belt that uh, people enjoy. You know, um, a lot of them, like Alpha Dog. I think is. I remember that being a surprisingly good movie, very dark movie, uh, but like not a bad movie, right? Unless um, I'm imagining it wrong. It. I didn't see it. It's a bleak movie is from what I remember, but it's, uh, I don't think it's considered a bad movie. Um, and like the notebook is like, you know, it's the notebook. Yeah, the notebook is fine. Um, but yeah. about this movie, this, I no, oh, yeah, this movie looks like dog shit. I agree. It's a, it's a satanic panic movie. Um, that's the weirdest thing about it where they're like you know that satanic panic it's right it's right and, yeah and that's that's the weirdest part in this trailer it's all me. about jamie lannister uh is trying to find his daughter who was snatched by a devil cult who's gonna do devil shit to her just like you read about um but he's gonna have help from uh the woman from it follows and jamie fox yeah um and it's just him it's just them like blasting their way through a satanic cult which that's that's the kind of garbage i like to watch (laughs) like so this looks like garbage i'm not disputing that but it looks like garbage that i am going to watch it also has january jones it's it has ethan supley in it it's got a um it's got a cast uh jamie fox it's it's like it's got a cast of people who have fallen on hard times so I, yeah, I, I want this, you know, I hope they all get paid. I love that, that actor, boy, have any of the game of Thrones people broken out? They've all gotten stuff, but have, cause no, you know, but I think, I think that's common. Like I always think about yeah. like the X-Files was one of the biggest shows, uh, David Duchovny, Jalen Anderson, they, they didn't break out in movies, you know, like friends, the, uh, the office. Friends, yeah. Yeah, it's like it just happens, and yeah. it's weird. Um, yeah, yeah no, it is. You have it to is... do the John Krasinski thing and just get ripped and become an action, become action guy, right? Yeah, I guess. That. I also wonder if it's just that they're like they're also just rich enough. Like they uh, they probably made a lot of money doing this stuff, which isn't to say you know that doesn't stop people from pursuing acting some more. But I, I I'm just I wonder what the formula is why tv doesn't equate to film it's very odd i don't know yeah anyway god is a bullet (laughs) (laughs) it's uh yeah it's weird it's it it does i i'm i it does look like schlock but i am curious enough about it um because it i think it's supposed to be you know like the, the 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 devil worshiping stuff is weird but i don't I think it's trying to be campy is my guess. Right. It's but. all, it's also an element of one of the finest action films ever made, which is of course, Sylvester Stallone's Cobra. So right, I don't exactly. want to write a movie off just because it's <laughs> buying into the satanic panic. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, let's talk about uh, this next one, the creator. Sure. What'd you guys I, think? It is big budget, original sci-fi blockbuster not based on an ip that's not a sequel directed by the guy who directed rogue one it i think it looks great the story seems like it was constructed out of 27 identical movies i've seen before yeah yeah uh, the effects look fantastic the the art direction the design everything looks great i will 
go see it just because I want an original big budget sci-fi blockbuster that's not yeah. a sequel or a comic book to succeed. And it probably yeah. will not. I hope it does. Yeah, Gareth Edwards, uh, like I saw Monsters before he had done anything else. And I was like, this person's going to go places. Yeah. And then they just kind of, gave, like they did the, the indie film to giant blockbuster pipeline on him and they just dumped godzilla and star wars on him and i always felt like i wish this guy had had a chance to develop his own style you know to be uh uh, like to not have to be you know part of these giant things so i hope i hope this is the result of him getting all that money and all that connections you know what i mean where it's like, okay, you did Godzilla Star Wars. Show us now show us something. Um Yeah. So I wanna be more excited about this, but like it, it looks sure it looks good in, in terms of like the shots and the effects all look really, really good and really polished and you know, the the art direction and everything looks very professional and very high quality, but it also looks kind of bland and antiseptic and boring to me, kind of like a, a lot of like sci-fi futuristic stuff looks and like the fact that the first thing that we see in the trailer is the ai that we use to control our defense systems has launched a nuke in los angeles i'm like oh so like skynet like exactly what skynet did so it was like like jason was saying this movie uh just it the story just feels like a little bit of Terminator, a little bit of Children of Men, a little bit of uh like an iRobot or like Westworld. It just feels like potpourri of recent or significant yeah. sci-fi. So it's like I can't really get that jazzed about watching it, which is a shame. There's a very yeah. There needs to be another twist in there that they're not giving us. Because otherwise yeah. the twist is like it's it's iRobot because it's yeah. the trailer is like humans have launched their war against AI after AI has turned on us. So now we are genociding the robots and then the hero stumbles across a child robot and decides, no, I'm not going to kill this one. So he has to like try to get it to safety back to its robot family. And now the the humans are evil and the, the the robots are maybe not so bad after all. And we can all try to understand each other. And it's a metaphor for whatever uh, a genocide but yeah we've seen that uh, what's the cartoon robot that made everybody sad at the end uh, iron giant Wally? oh the iron uh, giant <laughs> it, it, it's it's a whole genre of of uh yeah we should and you know i'm eager for the think pieces from people who are like is this the first piece of pro ai propaganda that the ais are trying to get out there <laughs> It'd be very funny to to disarm us before they actually do take over and render the species extinct. <laughs> It'd be really funny if we got a screenwriting AI and all it wrote was screenplays about how AI is good right. and, and fine and like, we should all submit to it. Yeah, an erotic thriller about how powerfully sexual AI is. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, really, really obvious. Here's the the more cynical view on Gareth Edwards. Um, is that Monsters was a very unique film, but the premise is just kaiju. It's about the perspective. And then the thing that made that made the news is that he did all the effects on his laptop. And so you'll notice story has nothing to do with that. And in fact, there was a lot of improv making that movie, which is rather slow. 
So he jumped from that straight to other people's stories. So kind of like Neil Blomkamp, where there's a possibility of like, okay, so like he also hasn't really had a chance to like do like express himself fully creatively since then. And this is the first movie he's written and directed since Monsters. Uh, so like, yeah, I mean, maybe it is just going to be because I'm also noticing watching the trailer. All the structures look like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Are you guys noticing that? Yeah. They all look like, yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have anything to say. Maybe it is just a bunch of different ideas from other sci-fi merged together. I want to believe it isn't because I do think he's a very talented director. So I have, you know, I have a, a level of faith in this, but I absolutely hear what you guys are saying where it's, it's it doesn't, story-wise, nothing's really popping out, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, everything from that trailer needs to be from the first act or from the first half of the film. And then we need to find out that the second half takes it in a totally new and unique direction. Because if what we saw in the trailer was a summary of the entire plot, then, yeah, I've now watched the entire movie. (laughs) I I, I get it. He's and eventually at the end, it's going to turn out that the real evil thing was being done by people. And that the robots are just misunderstood. Uh, But that maybe that's not maybe, maybe at the end he'll come to the conclusion. no. The robot genocide actually is a good idea. It was good. This child robot, they made this thing to try to tug on my heart heartstrings. And then it, the the lesson he must learn is like, no, we must kill them no matter what shape they're in. Yeah. Right. No matter what tricks but they may try to pull. I will say, I don't want to spoil the actual film, but that has also been done. So wow. it's uh, it's tough. Oh, yeah. Robots and AI. Like, it's really tough to say anything about it because it seems like it's this, like, idea of, like, good or bad, you know, and we have nothing else to say. Um, yeah, so some robots know. are assholes, but not all yeah. of them. <laughs> Just some are jerks. Yeah. <laughs> I want to allow uh, for that uh, that possibility. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've suspected that certain machines I've owned were just assholes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, all right. Well, next trailer, The Walking Dead, Dead City. Not, I assume, not based off the song by The Exploited. Um, Maybe it's exploited? about it's about New York City. Yeah, that's true. Um, now, is this a mini series or a a series they intend to run for ten more years? It, it's not it, clear. It a series, yeah, though, right. It just it just says walking... series. Yeah, it doesn't say limited series or mini series. It just says series. See, I was confused about that too. Oh, my theory is every Walking Dead pitch, and when they talk about it, it ends with them going, and this will run for one to 50 seasons. And they're like, yeah, yeah, sounds good, sounds good. Like, they just, they're, it, it, I, I Walking Dead to me is just our soap operas now. It's just forever. Right, it's just days of our lives at this point. <laughs> like, it is, and that's not an insult. Like, no, no. It's, yeah, and a lot of things can be boiled down to being a soap opera, but this more than any because the, the thing that shocked me about this is I stopped watching right around the Negan stuff in the, the Walking Dead show, which was later than most people. And last I checked in, Nega, Negan killed Glenn in front of Maggie, who is like the love of her life. And in this trailer, they're just hanging out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, they're oh, teaming up. <laughs> what, uh, what happened there? Because that, that seems unlikely, but okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. A lot of shows are like that, where if you skip the intervening eight eight seasons or however long yeah. has been, it's like the writers. That's many writer brainstorming sessions. That's many cast members leaving and getting killed off. That's that's many uh, changes to the tone of the show. Because like the tone of this thing, I don't recognize. Like I right. Okay. Uh, yeah, this seems like been... it exists in a different universe from The Walking Dead because it's just when like the... this. Yeah. When did The Walking Dead debut? When did it? How far into this are we now? 2010, 20, 2009. It was around there. Maybe 2011, but it was around that time. Um. Yeah, that, that checks out. Looks like 2010, according to IMDb. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're well into it at this point. We're over 10 years here. And like they ended The Walking Dead, right? Mm-hmm. But they still are doing Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah. Uh, they're, and doing they're doing this. spinoffs. And I think there's going to be a movie with like, I think Andrew Lincoln is going to come back and do like a movie or something as um, See that? whatever his character's name was, was. Rick. Dead. I thought Rick right. was dead. No, I think Rick no. just leaves. Yeah. I think they did kill off a, like... I mean, guess spoils spoilers for Walking Dead because I recently went on the Wikipedia because I was like, "What did happen on that fucking show?" I guess Carl died. Oh um, yeah, oh yeah, Carl's yeah, been dead. What it, it comes down to, it's kind of like the Marvel situation where it's like, if you don't intend to end it, characters just their arcs are either they die or they just go away. Yeah, um, and they really and, peters out. Yeah, it's not much of a right. story. It's not much of a story. Like for, it, it feels like, again, like a soap opera. Like for, where it's like people disappear, other people show back up, you know? Yeah, like for everything Rick went through. Like he wakes up from a coma. His his partner and best friend is, is fucking his wife. And then he has to kill his best friend. And then his wife and the baby gets killed. And then he tries to raise his son. And his son turns into a little maniac. And then he gets killed. And then, and then right. like the, so the resolution of all that pain that he went through is he just leaves. Like he just walks off into the sunset. Right. And, and that's it. Go, okay. To go where, where is there to go? And... I don't know. I, I just read about it. I didn't actually watch okay. the last episode yeah. he was in. And then, the main villain is now their like spinoff. Here's him having a romp in New York. And it's like, oh, okay. I understood that one a little bit more. Cause like, at least when I was reading the comics, like the idea of Negan was that he was just Rick. It was just them meeting themselves. Like that's yeah, exactly also, how they would have treated another group of like people who attacked them. Yeah. But, I also yeah. think Jeffrey Dean Morgan was just, He's very charismatic. Right, he's just too charismatic for them to write <laughs> yeah. him off the show, especially after they lost their other male lead. So, For sure. For people who are asking, oh my gosh, who is still watching The Walking Dead that they can keep making these shows? The fascinating thing is, is that since that show came out in 2010, just in that span of time, the media landscape has totally changed. Because the entire streaming era basically came to the fore during that time and the audiences are so fragmented now that you can have a franchise like this that has lost probably 90 percent of its fans i'm gonna guess from from its apex and it doesn't matter that remaining 10 percent now with the way it works now that's enough to carry a show to and to make it a bigger than any alternative show they could put in that spot yeah no, it, it's it's really weird. Um, 
Because, yeah, no one I know watches this show anymore, nope. right? I don't know anybody that's a fan of this franchise right now, outside of the video games. Oh, so. right. There's video games. Mm-hmm. They're pretty good, what too. What a franchise. Yeah, this is a, a wild franchise. Goddamn... It's a huge franchise. But, yeah, this show Thank has, like, God. a weird... This show definitely feels like a different universe to me. It's just that the trailer is very, like... It's kind of like an Escape from New York tone, where it's kind of, like... It's more like yeah, an action, me... like a grungy action movie where they're kind of cracking wise and stuff. And I was like, man, it's departure from the bleak as hell, depressing tone of the original. For sure. But whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I've I've been over zombie stuff for a while and I never really got into the Walking Dead TV show. So I this this is whatever for me. Right. No. Yeah. Again. My thoughts is like, okay, it's like Baywatch or whatever, but like, sure. I don't know, it's fun that it's zombies. Like, that that is um, Un- you know, unexpected. It's more interesting than <laughs> yeah. the lifeguards, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, cool. Sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, final trailer Five Nights at Freddy's. It's happening. I mean, they already made that Nicolas Cage movie, but this is the that looks exactly that the, the same as this. Yeah. Yeah, that was the opera one. This mm-hmm. is the, this is like the one. The fish. Yeah. I um, clearly do not understand the Five Nights at Freddy's phenomenon because I thought it was a PC and mobile game, like a really simple, like a button pressing game that only went viral because like PewDiePie and some other big streamers did a big thing where they would play the game and then really act scared when the, the animatronic monsters would attack and they would like do a big show of screaming in the camera. And that was it. Like, I thought it was just a fad where people just goofed around playing the game. The trailer to this thing, the reaction among a certain segment or a certain age group is like, finally, finally it's here. And then they're picking it apart the way people picked apart the first Dune trailer. Yeah. Where they're like, well, that doesn't look right. Well, like, why is his, why is his ears shaped like that? They're going to ruin it. They're going to ruin Five Nights at Freddy. And, and to me... Like, this is like the Angry Birds movie. This is like a cheap cash-in, but there's right. apparently, like, deep lore and stuff that No, I... there's not. I refuse to believe I, that. Well, let me tell you. First of all, eight games. There's eight games. No. There's one, no. two, no. You're both three, lying four, to me. five, five spin-off games on top of the eight games that have gone for out everything from, yeah, mobile to VR to... um. Uh, to to just PlayStation, uh, there is um. Let me see. Uh, there's a, I guess something called the Fanverse, which was something. It was I, I guess a fan created uh game as well. Um, there is a novel trilogy, books. As what in, is what, in what, those books? Okay. Yep. Nope. Stop. If you read too much about the books, at some point you're going to read how many copies those books sold, and I cannot hear that today. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> here's here's what I I'm guessing. I'm I'm completely guessing. I I assume it's a lot like Mortal Kombat. The way like I assume adults looked at Mortal Kombat at the time, which was like I don't. It's just people fighting. But Mortal Kombat has such an elaborate lore, right? It's like, what is this tournament? What's the backstory of everyone? I think I'm, if I, I, again, I haven't researched it at all. I assume it's all lore about like, what, how did this place become haunted? 
what why are the animatronics alive you know like what is the you know I don't know what is the background to it all, uh, and of course the security guard who you play as. I, I assume you play as different people and different ones, so there's a lore there. But this is like a ten-year-long series. I, I put in the notes that my nephew, who is uh, t- I, I believe twelve, um, this is exactly who it's for because he is in it. He's plugged into Five Nights at Freddy's, from what I can tell, and I believe my nieces as well who's uh i believe 10 um i really should say that with more certainty when she was Um, born though the first one i guess it's just been there her whole life that's yeah i think so i think it's just a game i think it's the idea that like there was so much access to it it's kind of like minecraft where it's like you got a phone you can play minecraft yeah and you got a computer you can be yeah yeah exactly it's that idea of like because one of the things i also noticed about uh, just watching these these two uh, tiny children is that like they rarely watched movies. They didn't sit down and play console games because it just wasn't it it's, that just wasn't how they were consuming things anymore. It was just phones, iPads, you know. Um, so, and I think that's probably similar to a lot. So this has been there, and there's just a, like a lot of lore and shit that they probably got to read and be part of. Uh, that's just completely hidden from us. So if I go to Google image search and I search for five nights at Freddy's pornography, do you think, Oh, I will find that some exists. Yes. I mean, I think you could do that for literally anything though. Right. To some extent. Are you doing it? Yeah. There's actually entire subgenres that appears of, there, there's apparently you could spend the rest of your life only looking at Five Nights at Freddy erotica. It's yeah, um, I did it just too. Page after page after page after page after page after page. Uh, there's some I live action too. stuff. There's some animated. There's some three D animated. There's, huh? What? What you got? What do you got? <laughs> no, it's just because I'm trying to think of, <laughs> like, I guess if you. I'm trying to think of what age range you would have to be. I guess if you grew up with Five Nights at Freddy's when you were a child and now you're a teenager, you're at the age where you want to. It's like a gateway to porn, I would imagine. But some of this. Where it's like. They've just filmed two people having sex and they've titled it Five Nights at Freddy's Porn. Now, that's that I feel like is that's lazy. That's come on. That's like, just Well, that's just working the algorithms, right? That's where they're true. just like people search for this anyway uh yeah so do you think you need to bring on a younger third co-host somebody who's in that 16 to 17 18 year old range who would understand no Mm -mm. who would understand the gravity of the five nights at freddy's verse and why we should care about it because i feel like we're not doing a good enough job of getting people excited about the movie we've not even talked about the trailer or how it's shot or who's directing this film well, it's the director hasn't done much. I, I, uh, Emma it's, Tammy. It's also Martin Scorsese, uh, did, strange, strangely yeah. enough. <laughs> uh, they did, um, something called The Wind. Oh, shit. I, I've heard of The Wind. Yeah. They've done some horror movies. They've done some really serious horror movies. This, so I think the tone of this looks exactly right, which is that it's clearly horror for kids, right? Um, it's like, yeah, it's not it's, trying to go hard. No, there's, there's no, uh, this is my main disconnect with this series. There's no universe in which those animatronic animals are frightening to me. 
right yes that's a big part of it uh it's got the matthew lillard but i think so if, if we want to talk about the horror i do think the the basic idea has been with us for a while mm-hmm. and all the way back to the shining the book which is simply that it's an animatronic uh, animatronics that don't move when you're looking at them, right? But get closer and closer every time you look away. That I get why that's fundamentally scary, yeah, and why that would be scary to a kid, right? Because it's a very like, uh, like a hide and seek type dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 animatronics themselves don't look particularly scary. I agree, but I get the the premise, right? Sure. I get why yeah. that's sure. scary. Um, but I just don't think it's going to be like horrifying, right? No, no. Why would it be? It's for kids. Yeah. Can't so, wait for this thing to open to $120 million opening weekend. It, it might, oh, yeah. it might man. Super Mario teenager. just made all the money in the world. <laughs> yeah. I guess my feeling of it is that that's, that's all fine to me, I think. Sure. Because this is like, this is an original, uh, well, it's 10 years mm. old now, but this is a... This is like a, a, a you know child age horror thing the way we liked you know Goosebumps and Fear Street right um, which I would argue was also probably there was a level of you know it was derivative it was based off a of previous horror um, like a lot of horror is so like I, I it's to me it's just like yeah good for these kids hope they all become a bunch of insufferable goths oh yeah I hope yeah. I hope that happens I hope the darkness takes them. Yeah, oh yeah, it will. <laughs> um, but yeah, I super don't understand. Yeah, I mean, whatever, it's fine. It's um I'm I'm glad for all of the the people who are very excited for this movie. Yeah. I am yeah. too old. <laughs> Way too old mm-hmm. and we're all we're all very tired. <laughs> and so tired, just so tired. I feel like any of our reactions to these animatronics moving would just be like exhausting. It'd just be a heavy sigh, yeah. Yeah. You turn around and see the bear and move closer, just be like, ugh. Yeah. one of these nights? All right. I get it. I try to stay very still, too, in my day-to-day <laughs> life. I do, most of, um, I do most of my activities when nobody is looking as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Let's name some producers. Okay, I guess we can do that. Um, big thank you to Deborah is awesome. Barbara is great and cancer can go to hell. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Dracula, the bus driving vampire. Thank you. Thank you to Driftless, a.k.a. Goochcock. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you to E.T., the extra- extravagant terrestrial. Thank you. Thank you to Evil Ed 209. Thank you so much. Thank you to Exploding Runes. Thank you. Thank you to Funky J. Mostly comes out at night. Mostly. Thank you. Thank you to Glitterous, CFO of Michael Shannon's Chocolate Factory. Thank you so much. And thank you to Heathcliff's Helping Handful. Thank you so thank much. You. All right. Let me let me jump in here. Thank you to Ombre, the Mexican-American ninja says, Mabel, step on me. Thank you. Thank you to ImpossibleWorlds.net. Issue one is now free. Issue two releases in June. Thank you. Thank you to James Cameron's Prolapse Locomotive. Thank you. Thank you to Chris Shanovich. Thank you. Thank you to Look Mom on a podcast. Thank you. Thank you to Mackenzie Fuck Shuffling with Willem Dafoe's Confusingly Large Dick Chill. Thank you. Thank you to Mercurial Oz. Thank you. Thank you to Mike the Lurker. Thanks. Thank you to musical guest Rob Ritchie. Thank you. Thank you to No One Can Hear You Scream in Space McNulty. Thank you. Thank you. 
All right, let's 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 Thank let's you. talk about some news stories. We got some news stories here, starting with Jason. You added this, and this is this is quite a thing. This is very sad. <laughs> uh, we we yeah. have this among us and some other people on Twitter. There's these headlines that come out of Con every year where a movie got an X minute standing ovation, and it's such yeah. a repeated headline. That, and it's always like breathless, like whatever debuted, and you know. Captain America Winter Soldier got a 12-minute standing ovation. And for whatever reason, that has become a format of headline. And the joke is always, there's nothing I've seen in my life, including accomplishments by loved ones, that I would applaud for seven straight minutes for. There's a point where that kind of applause becomes almost mean-spirited mm-hmm. or sarcastic. And I've certainly never seen a movie that I would apply that long for. But so the headline was this from Variety Indiana Jones 5 gets lukewarm five minute consultation. Yeah. As Harrison I mean, Ford says an emotional goodbye. That's so brutal. Like, fair, to put it in perspective, like, extremely mediocre movies get standing ovations. Like, that, yeah, that so, notorious movie, The Paperboy, got 15 minute standing ovation. Fahrenheit 9 like, 11 got a 20 minute standing ovation. Right. Um, I don't think this movie is terrible, but this five minutes, that's half as long as Clerks 2 got. Clerks 2 got a 10 minute. Yeah. We re- so, really just want to yeah. pull put in perspective how short of an ovation five minutes is for con like this yes is... <laughs> it's the equivalent of a really quietly filing out right um yeah i don't know why maybe harrison ford was just like everybody sit down i want to go to bed or something like that but like uh maybe the movie I've, is really bad <laughs> i've heard a lot of bad stuff <laughs> about how they they couldn't figure out an ending there was like three different endings like they considered killing off Indiana Jones. I I am just I'm pretty I'm like this is like I'm burnt out on Indiana Jones. This is five. this is gonna be bad, isn't it? Oh no. <laughs> I really wanted it so to be long. good. Everything again, we we said this the last, I don't know, seven or eight times we've had Indiana Jones five on one of these episodes. Uh the the everyone involved is top notch like not just the cast, but the writers, right. like everything is top of the line. But I mean, it was trying to be filmed during the pandemic. It's been pushed back so many times. Harrison Ford is 107 years old. By the way, apparently his show on Apple, it's called Shrinking, I think. Yeah. Where he yeah. plays a psychiatrist. Apparently it's delightful. It's a comedy. Yeah, that's what i Apparently heard. he's he does wonderful as this like kind of cranky older guy. And, you know, he can really do comedy. He's always been able to do it. He just doesn't do it very often. Apparently that show is great. And it's the type of thing he should be doing it at his age. Little small stuff where he plays an, an old, an old quirky old guy. Um, yeah. But it is, I can't think of another example where they've done a fifth movie after everyone kind of didn't like the fourth one because the time had passed. And then they went ahead and did a fifth one after like 20 more years had passed or however many. It's been a long time, right? I think the the, the last Pirates movie gap was kind of like that, right? Because they had that fourth one come out that nobody remembered. <laughs> and then they waited a bunch of years and said, ah, let's try again with... Uh... Maybe people miss it. Maybe <laughs> yeah. maybe they're ready for it to... Maybe they're ready for it to come back. Maybe they... Yeah. It's... This is... Uh, man. So... 
I uh, who's the director of this? It's um, James Mangold, who did Logan, right? Yeah, but he also has made good movies. No, he he is, but Logan. I would argue Logan wasn't good. I think he. Uh, I think he's running on doing follow-ups to movies that were terrible. Because I'm looking at the reviews for this. Um, what very reviews, like very few reviews we have at a con. And they're all stuff where they're like, yeah, it was better than Crystal Skull. And like one review is like, yeah, he didn't cram too many Easter eggs in there. Like not too, too many references. So it feels like much like how like Wolverine had two false starts. Like it's just like, yeah, pretty good. You know, we've had. Oh, yeah, that's like, right. That's, well, he also directed the Wolverine. Oh, you're right. Yeah. He was one of the he false was one starts. of the false starts. Yeah, yeah, but it's that where like I that's what my feeling of Logan was, which is this like people were just starving yeah, for a, for a good Wolverine uh, movie. Yeah, and and so like my guess is that this is gonna be just fine. Um, it's gonna it's gonna uh, be and, a and real the, Logan. Yeah, I think so. I think I still think it's gonna involve time travel, and I think that uh, it's. It's gonna. I, I I might be wrong on that because what I'm see, hearing is that it starts with all the de aging stuff. Yes. Um. So I don't think it, it might not be time travel. It might be like the thread of time travel. I just figure that's what the dial is gonna do, right? Um. Maybe. That seems to be the vibe, but yeah, seems fine. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's very funny. Lukewarm five minute ovation. <laughs> Uh, it's wild. <laughs> it's like it would have been better to not have a standing ovation. <laughs> right. Everyone listening at home, um, I want you to imagine going on stage and doing something. Like say you've got to give a presentation, like you've been nervous about it and you get get up and maybe you've I don't know, your company makes you present to five hundred people and you have to do like a PowerPoint or something like that. Or if you're a musician, maybe you play at a club and then when it's over, I want you to imagine that the audience applauds for twelve straight minutes. I want you to get a timer out. I want you to start start a stopwatch and realize how long that is, and you have to stand there. And while they're applauding you and standing up and the point at which you would start to think you were being pranked, that you were being filmed, that this is like a TikTok flash mob thing where it's like, let's see. Right. Because at what point do you just leave? Do you feel like it would be rude to walk off while they're applauding that long? Or if you left and they kept applauding for 11 straight minutes after you left, would you feel obligated? Because I would leave the building. Yeah, right. like there's I've kept this... applauding. I I'd be like this is weird. Yeah, that's you, why you, you'd feel like you were being like yeah, like either you're being pranked or like something eat like people have been possessed or like something evil's happening cuz like imagine a 20 minute ovation for Fahrenheit 9/11. Right. That's why my alternate theory is that the movie's great. It's just that Harrison Ford was like everybody sit down. I don't want to stand here. Like, it reminds me, I went and saw uh, The Addicts, this very, like, old punk band. You know, they're now um, probably in their 60s or so. They're not that old. But, like, they ended the set by going, we're not doing an encore, so we're just going to play the shit. Don't expect us to come back on. Because they were just, like, you know, years and years, decades of just doing these clubs and performances. And they're just like, we, we're done. We want to go home. It's, it's fucking... It's nine o'clock. We're getting out of here. So I'm sort of imagining that scenario where it's just like, who who wants to stand there, and and deal with that? That sounds exhausting. 
Yeah. No, thank that's you. The, that's <laughs> the best case scenario. Yeah. So when does this come out? When is this, when are we finally getting Indiana Soon. Jones? Like, I think it, I if think it's already playing at Con. Oh, it's that close. Oh, I thought it was more July. I think it's, I I it was, think it's no, it's not next week. Is it not? Okay. I think uh, No, no, I mean I can't I'm just refusing. Okay, to I'm sorry, okay, that. okay. I was sorry. It's June June thirtieth. June thirtieth. So, so it's a month from now. That's ridiculous. I, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not yeah. seeing a ton of TV spots and stuff yet. It, it'll really ramp up as we yeah. get closer. There wasn't, it didn't feel like there was much buildup to it at all, but I think we're also just, I'm used to the pandemic where everything, we just had trailers for three years. Um, uh, it's really, uh, really uh, skewed my perception one, of time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. One final note, I I would love it if they would announce in Indiana Jones 6 that they were recasting the role and then they cast someone even older than Harrison. <laughs> they cast Brian Cox in the role or James Cromwell or something. Oh, that'd be so like, good. 90. Like, James like, Cromwell. Oh, no, it, it, it continues in the same timeline. It don't, let's be clear. It's the same act. The, the, the character is aging very quickly. He's, <laughs> it takes place we in did. 1996. We did a lot of audience testing and we found that res- they responded really positively to like really old people running around. Um, this next uh, news is about Den of Thieves 2, only to say that it's happening and there's an official synopsis. Um, any thoughts? Any thoughts on Den of Thieves 2? Did you two? guys both know that there was a Den of Thieves 1 that was yes. a big yes. we, to I th- get? I think we covered it. Is it good? Den of Thieves, yes. Den of Thieves is a, really? the reason I co- put it in, it's a very underrated film. It's a surprisingly um, good movie, but not because of Gerard Butler. No. Which, like it's it's all, know. it's he's like the, the main guy hunting the thieves in it, but it's all the thieves that are like, those are all the good characters. That's where the juice was. Yeah. Um, I will say it has a 41 on Rotten Tomatoes. So Really? I, yeah. I, I'm surprised by that. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's yeah, not it's a not bad like, movie. <laughs> it's not going to change your life. But it was a really fun action. It was film. it was a solid action heist movie. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I don't know. Gerard Butler is the sweatiest and drunkest he's ever been. Of course. Um, <laughs> That's how we like him. Uh, but yeah, so like the the idea that there's a Den of Thieves two, I'm not so sure about because. Oh, I'm I'm all in. Well, I mean, if it's the same like writers and stuff, but like it is those crooks can't come back. Right, but it is. It's the same. It's the same. Uh, same director. Okay. Writer. All right. Well, I'm yeah. on board then. Yeah. I mean, you know, what do we have to lose? Well, I was just thinking. It's well, if the only returning character is Gerard Butler's character, then I'm not sure how much I care. Oh, right. But like... that's not like yeah. <laughs> He's not the biggest draw, but yeah, I I don't know. It's Denethys too. Sure. It's gonna be great. I'm into it. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that are actually not happening, Twins Three. Arnold Schwarzenegger Why gave a, keep saying a recent Twins interview. Three. There was not a Twins Two, was there? Oh, maybe it is Twins Two. Yeah, it's Twins sequel. Okay, I just wrote Three it's, like an yeah, like an asshole. It, well, no, but for the, until right this moment, I you had successfully gaslit me into thinking there had been a Twins <laughs> Two at some point, and that Arnold was wanting back for a third film, and I just was now just now sitting here thinking, well, now hold on, was did they do that thing where there was like a funny third twin? Because I remember the the rumors always is going to be like Eddie Murphy as and the joke right. was you know of course yeah. the, the third twin is of a different race because where else can you go with it? Um, right. It would have been some yeah. great some great '90s jokes '90s era jokes if they had made that movie. 
that would not hold up today, probably. Uh, yes, but that was, I believe that was, unwatchable. But yes. that was the plan. It wasn't yeah. Tracy Morgan the last... Um, I think the most she, recent... Eddie Murphy was replaced by Tracy Morgan, I believe. I think that was the most recent development, yeah. Yeah, so, and then uh, this is all to say that Arnold Schwarzenegger more or less confirmed that it's it died. It's, well, it's Those of you who've been waiting 34 years or however long... Yeah, thinking that another twins was around the corner. Arnold Schwarzenegger angrily, like, is enraged that Jason Reitman, because again, that's been long enough yeah. that the original director is dead. <laughs> His yeah. son was like, "I absolutely have no desire to to do another twins movie. That sounds ghoulish. Both of you are <laughs> eighty years old. It's not funny when it's two elderly men." And, yeah. And also, like the, the the original movie is like has a weird amount of eugenics in it. It's a it's batshit. It's one There's, of the craziest movies. Yeah, it is. It is. We we covered it recently. I am pretty certain that Arnold Schwarzenegger is a Nazi Superman in it. Like that. It's like German scientists created him. Created um, a genetically superior Superman on yeah. like a uh, yeah on an island on a secluded island. Yeah, yeah. and it's like hmm in secret. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah. It's, I would have enjoyed triplets, but I do think it is correct from a money perspective not to make triplets, right? Yeah, that's for the reason uh, yeah, that of, Jason of is saying. Of course, which is like who, who in the world was going to watch this? For example, what's the last hit Arnold Schwarzenegger comedy that came out? Mm. And the answer it was Twins. Uh, kindergarten Cop. Really? Yeah, it would be Kindergarten Cop, probably. But that was after Twins. I thought that was before. Yeah, ninety one. Okay, um, I take and that back. Maybe, I apologize. Maybe Junior, but I can't. I can't remember if Junior's a terrible movie, but I can't remember so, if it did well or bombed. But I would argue uh, uh, this is hard. Jingle, jingle, jingle all the way. way. Um, did Jingle all the way true do well? Lies. I would argue True Lies is technically him doing comedy. Like it's not a comedy, but it is a. You know what I mean? Like that is Arnold doing comedy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but it is an action movie. Yes. It's an action comedy. Yeah. So like the point still stands. Cause, yeah. Because even, even Kindergarten Cop is an action comedy. So yeah, I think like the last, it would either be Twins or Jingle All the Way. I'm not sure how well Jingle like, All the Way did. Yeah, you're it depends on your comedy. definition. Yeah, like you're here for the comedy. You're not here for the, to see him shoot people, which. Right. You know, right. Like, um, but anyway, yeah, it's, they probably would not necessarily have made their money back on that, but. And yeah. yeah. Schwarzenegger, I'm not totally clear what he's still doing. I guess he just likes to keep busy. Uh, he turns up on Reddit every now and again, and his his Twitter is pretty inspirational. But I don't know. I guess same with Harrison Ford. Like like people ask him like, "Why are you still acting?" He's just like, "This is my job. I gotta I gotta work. What am I gonna do? What else am I gonna do? Yeah, what life? else am I it's gonna like, do? Yeah, yeah sit I, at I, home I, and stare at the wall. Yeah, I keep yeah. working. I I like to show up and do do a good job, and you know, make sure it's always quality. Like yeah, that's. The one that uh, we covered, Fubar, which is a series mm-hmm. that Arnold Schwarzenegger's doing, that's the most surprising because a lot of what he's doing is like voice acting and shit. Um, because again, I think it's just like, or just like stuff like like that he's just, it seems like he might just be interested in. Um, weird things, killing Gunther um, and, and like random, just random appearances and shit. But like a TV show, that just seems like a lot. But maybe that's a mini series. I don't know. Yeah, well, TV shows have shorter seasons now too, and yeah, that's fair. It yeah, could, maybe that's it's true. just like a six or eight episode season. So, right. 
And then, yeah, whenever they need another Terminator film, that, they just write another reason for the Terminator to be old. Right. They throw them in there, too. That, like, $500 million Amazon series or whatever is only, like, four episodes. That's wild. Yeah. Um, final story here. And I just like this headline. I just like it. Uh, Rennie Harlan is making a shark movie produced by Gene Simmons. Uh, that's because Gene Simmons has a production company, and Rennie Harlan's film is the first uh, movie on the list. It's about a downed plane that's in the ocean with shark-infested waters. It is not, in fact, related to Deep Blue Sea, which I would argue is a mistake, but, you know, it should be. what are you going to do? They should just call it Deep Blue Sea 3 or 4. Right. Honestly, Deep Blue Sea is a good name for that premise because you're like, you know, you're surrounded by Deep Blue Sea right there but you know well, they again. were they were in the original too dave it was a it was a research facility in the middle of the ocean that's fair that's fair in both so, it was in fact a deep blue yeah, sea why don't you um, uh 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 get your facts straight yeah but yeah uh i mean i'll watch this Lenny sure. Harlan is a guy that some of your listeners are too young to realize that there was a period and he was the biggest director in hollywood because he did yeah. the die hard sequel that was a giant runaway hit. And then his career ended with that huge budget pirate movie. Cutthroat Island. Cutthroat Island. Is that the mm-hmm. one? Yeah. Right. Yep. He did and Cliffhanger. It was the biggest bomb of all time when it came out, that that Cutthroat because it cost an yeah. absurd amount of money and then made like $5 million opening weekend. Like nobody went to see it. Um, and that he was never the same after that. But yeah, he did a string of like he there was a time he was the go to guy for big budget, big effects, big stunt action movies. Action he movies, worked yeah. with Bruce Willis, the Sil- long kiss Stallone. Yeah. And um, yeah. And then his career just kind of faded. And now is if you look at IMDb, it's like, hmm. It's so pretty grim. He's the doing one, a yeah. shark movie produced by Gene Simmons, probably on a budget of <laughs> three million bucks. <laughs> And we'll wildest... Brian Bosworth or somebody. I hope it the stars wildest Gene thing Simmons. That ever happens. Oh, God, yes. Oh, I hope it's like that Danzig movie. Um, uh, the wildest thing that he ever did was when they announced they were doing a new Exorcist, and that was a big deal at the time. Now they just do things like that. But it was like in the 2000s, and he directed that, where they originally had one director, and then they th- fired that director and got Rennie Harlan. They were just like, throw Rennie Harlan in that. That that's fucking wild to me. Um, but yeah, this uh, I don't know. I, sure, <laughs> it's the it's the most it, Gene Simmons thing that you could do. Yeah, is make a shark movie with Rennie Harlan in twenty twenty three. Yeah, again, Gene I mean, Simmons doesn't he occasionally pop up to express some right wing beliefs, or am I thinking of someone else? Like, isn't he anti vax or something like that, or hasn't I don't he know. ranted about being about the woke takeover of? I, 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 I apologize. Like something he if, would do if Gene Simmons <laughs> is listening to this, and I've confused you with another aging rock star. I apologize, but I it I feel bad because it's like, yeah, that sounds like something he'd do, but I yeah, I can't confirm or I don't deny know, yeah. that's the case. Genu- genuinely, don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to watch this movie. Yeah. There's like, he made that movie Skip Trace starring Johnny Knoxville and Jackie, Jackie Chan. Chan. Yeah. Which, how have I not seen I, that? We need movie? to watch. How did they get, how did both of them get out of that movie alive? 
Right. And also, there's an era where that would be one of the greatest action movies ever. It'd be Johnny Knoxville kicking himself in the balls while Jackie Chan jumps on a train. You know, it's like right. just two very different stunt performers. <laughs> That sounds fun as hell. Yeah. Directed by one of the, as James was pointing out, one of the biggest action directors of like three decades ago. Right. Like that should be good, but I've never heard a peep about it. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to watch it. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> that's, that's that story. Yeah. Um, all right. Should we name some more producers? We then? should. Uh, big thank you to... Norm from Cheers, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Pete Forpagel. Thank you. Thank you to Numenol Ultramicroscopic Silico Volcanoconiosis Anti-Disestablishment Terranism Jones. Thank, thank you. Thank you to pre-order TikTok superstar Jason Pargin's new book, Zoe is Too Drunk for This Dystopia. Pre-orders are super important. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to RevMD. Thank you to Ricky Cilantro. Thank you. Thank you to Rosemary's Baby from Eraserhead. Thank you. Thank you to Screaming Horse Pyramid. Thank you so much. Thank you to Sorry Cop, world's most laughable centrist. Thank you. Thank you to Steven. Thank you. Thank you to the conveniently placed self-destruct button on the top of every baby's head. Thank, thank you thank so you. much. All right, let me swoop in here. Thank you to the Midnight Patron with Patrons at Midnight. Thank you. Thank you to the Oatmeal Savage. Thank you. Thank you to the 2B Terror Bunny says, thank you for watching Dead Heat. Thank you. Thank you. You're to welcome. These seven bees. Thank you. Thank you to Tiger George Pratt Thompson. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Thank you. Thank you to Tip Drizzle. Thank you. Thank you to Tux. Tux. Thank you to Vincent with a Y. Thank you. Thank you to Why Don't You Take a Flying Fuck at the Moon. Thank you. Thank you to your mom. Thank you. And thank you to Zzz because Pie Guy liked being last. Thanks. Wow. Oh, thank you all. Dave. All heroes. Dave, we've reached the end of the road. We sure have. Um, still, I can't let go. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I want you to level with me. Okay. And let me know if you have a movie that deserves more hype. Yeah, I think I, I, think I do. I think I do. <laughs> what luck? To quote, jo- to quote John Wick, yeah. Um, this is called Medusa Deluxe. This is coming out this year, around, I guess, the time Indiana Jones is coming out. This is coming out June 15th, 2023. I think it has a limited, like, I think it's streaming in the UK first or something. So don't get enraged if you don't see it right away. Um, Tom, you kind of summed it up in your note, which I'm just going to say. It's Gosford Park at a hairstyling competition. Yeah. This is a murder mystery. Uh, at a uh, hair hairstyling competition filled with very like um, like uh, loud flamboyant characters, um, the thing that seems to be popping up is that it's kind of shot. I don't think it's the entire thing is made to look like a continuous shot, but it's shot. It seems like, and you can kind of tell in the trailer, very like Birdman like, where it's it's these very tight spaces, and I think this this is part of the the mystery you know Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of like oneers just weaving through these spaces as people are running around room to room uh trying to figure out this murder where a person was apparently scalped and killed um and then there's just like all this other drama between these people just interwoven with it so like it's it 
again, the reviews are like talking about how it's this like it blasts you with like information and visuals and it all kind of untangles it by the end. And it just looks like a really interesting dynamic film, especially based on this trailer. What did you guys think of this? I was really into this trailer. I bet there's somebody listening to this right now where this movie will be their favorite movie of all time. Mm -hmm. It has that look of a cult. Like the the subject matter and tone is not going to be a blockbuster, but that this will be the movie they watch a dozen times and that are, there'll be all these moments they quote from it and all that. So this, there's a certain type of person who this movie is absolutely for, and it looks like it is beautifully made and has its own energy. Also the trailer you've linked here has 2,500 views. Wow. Yeah. That's not enough. It's uh it's extremely British. If that speaks to anyone. Um, oh yeah. It really, it really looks great. And like, yeah, to, to, jump off what Jason was saying, this 100% looks like this would have been one of my favorite movies uh, in high school if I saw it then. Or, or like in my early 20s, I would have been obsessed with a movie like this. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I can see that. It looks like a lot of fun. It looks really funny. Uh, it looks well made. It's it's a fun idea. All of the... I don't, I'm not familiar with any of the actors, but they all seem great in the trailer. Um, I'm super into this. Yeah, it, it it just I definitely check out the um the trailer to get a get a feel for it. By the way, the cinematographer has a gigantic uh IMDb and in fact did the favorite that was from the director of the lobster. Uh that's another movie that had very good um cinematography in it. Uh so like uh yeah, this is just I don't know, a be- it looks beautiful. Um if nothing else. Oh, they also did Marriage Story. That's weird. Um, so, like, <laughs> it's a very talented cinematographer doing what looks like a really fun story. Um, Med- Medusa Deluxe. Uh, check it out. Check it out. 100%. I- I'm very excited to watch this movie. Yeah, hell yeah. Check, check, yeah. check it out. Yeah. Um, I think I think we did it. I think we've we do done it? it. I think that's a sewed. We did a sewed. We did. Oh, nice man! Hooray nice, for us! Yeah, nice tight one forty-five. We did it. <laughs> Congratulations, it short for us. one of mine. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is short for a for a Jason episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, Jason. So uh, thank you so much. For yeah, being thank you so on. much for doing the show. Always a pleasure. Thank um, you. You wanna you wanna tell everybody uh, yeah. one more time? Want to hit your plugs again? What you yes. got? What the you got going on? The book is called Zoe is Too Drunk for This Dystopia. It is up for pre-order everywhere in all formats, audio, whatever, however you want it. Uh, and yeah, as the patron says, the pre-orders matter because it's how you signal demand to the bookstore. So how many pre-orders I can gen up determines how many copies they buy. And that literally determines how many copies to sell because people will buy whatever there is a lot of. Because when there are physically a lot of a book on a shelf, they are more visible. So people see it because like, oh, they've got a lot of these. It must be a big deal. Yep. Yep. (laughs) And then they buy it. So the first challenge with the releasing a book is always trying to get them to stock a bunch of it. Uh, And I am not a big enough deal that I can take that for granted. I go book to book. And the reason I survive as a writer is because I am very good at drumming up pre-orders 
because I am relentless. <laughs> this. <laughs> This is your thing. Uh, otherwise, if you want to follow me on social media for free, I'm Jason K. Pargin everywhere. At Twitter and Instagram and uh, all of the others. And TikTok is the biggest one. So thank you. Yep. Thank you. Um, I guess I will tell people about our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y. Unemployed. We have exclusive podcasts on there like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman. Fox Mulder is a Maniac. Star Trek The Next Futurama, and Spielboys. You can get all of those for $5 a month. Just $5 a month, and you get four extra podcast series uh, that happen at least monthly, sometimes twice a month, sometimes once a week. Uh, we also watch movies with our patrons every every Friday. Uh, we've watched, you know, movies. A lot of great films. A lot of, a lot of great films, like Heart Beeps, mm-hmm. starring Andy Kaufman. That was a recent one. <laughs> Uh, and you know other things space like truckers that. yeah and yeah and perhaps better things too uh so yeah join us join us we'll be doing that tonight we will when this comes we out will. um we also have a store head over to gameplayunemployed.com where you can find a link to our teespring store where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs you can get on t-shirts mugs stickers posters all sorts of things so check that out yeah do it yep do it yes yes sir all right that's enough. We can all we, okay. can, we can be done. Say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye, Bye. everyone. Our music is produced by Chris Corlew. You can follow him on Twitter at at the Corlew, C-O-R-L-E-W, and find more music at shipwreckedsailor.bandcamp.com. Our channel artwork is produced by Michael Vincent Bramley. You can find more of his artwork at instagram.com slash mvbramleyart. Our episode artwork is produced by Justin Brown. You can follow him on Twitter at at Justin T. Brown, and find more of his artwork at artnessbyjustinbrown.com and justinbrown.info.